Hello, my friend. It is so good to see you. I missed you over the holiday break, and I hope your guys' holidays were wonderful. I had a very relaxing Christmas and New Year, and we have officially graduated 2020, which feels like an accomplishment, but 2020, 2021 has begun with a little bit of drama. Actually, to be honest, that's making light of the situation. 2021 has started out with some heartache. Um, many of you have seen or at least heard of what happened at the Capitol, there was a march in D.C. Um, with Trump, and it turned into rioting. And I don't know about you, but I woke up this morning with a very heavy heart. And I think that's because as a national intercessor, I carry America in my heart. And um, because I know so many of us have been affected, I wanted to speak to this situation. I went into prayer this morning and just began to seek the Father's heart and look for some comfort. And that comfort is what I'm going to bring to you this morning. Now, I will do this in a way that um, I was trying to be very, very careful not to even really give away my political positions. You may be able to tell, but my goal is to respect all political positions um, with this episode, and I'm really just appealing to all of us as Americans. Now, a surprise is I was able to have a guest on the show today to have this conversation with. Her name is Ty Ann McClendon. She's an author. She's a speaker. She's a um, business coach, and she is also the head intercessor of one of the national intercessory groups I'm in, and I'll explain in the episode how we got to know each other. But she agreed to come on spontaneously. She is full of the Spirit of God, full of wisdom, and full of insight, and just a really grounded, hopeful level-headedness about these kind of things. So with all of that said, I this is a shorter episode, but I'm hoping it's refreshing. So I'm going to cue up the intro music, and we're going to dive right in. Hi, and you're listening to Java with Jen with your host, Jenilee Samuel. Okay, so thank you so much, Tyann, for coming to be on my show so last minute. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm glad I could make it. Oh, me too. Okay, so we don't have a ton of time, so I want to get right to the heart of things. But first, tell my listeners a little bit about who you are. I met you um, when I was uh, there to help support our mutual friend, Jeff, when he was running for Congress, and you were his campaign manager. Well, actually, I was his chief of staff. Um, he oh. had another campaign manager, but I kind of helped keep everything moving. Right. Yes. You were our point person for sure. And then you're really the point person from my perspective anyways, of the intercessory group that we had created for his campaign. Right. Yeah, I would say so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Tyann is, is definitely what I would say, I, what I feel when I'm, ex when I'm interacting with Tyann is she has a real prophetic um, anointing on her life. She has a passion for prayer, a passion for what God is doing in the political circles and really just in the world in general. Um, and so that, but that was our mutual connection was through political things, which is not something I've ever been a part of before. So it was kind of new getting pulled into their intercessory group. But this year, the Lord positioned me as an intercessor for the nation and then for Jeff's team as well. And so it's just kind of been a new thing for me. And so I've just really enjoyed getting to do that alongside of you. So it's been really Thank awesome. It has, yeah, been it has been and unexpected, but wonderful. Um, and you're in business as well. You're a business owner. Yes, I have my own business. So I have a business called Kingship Momentum where I do coaching and consulting for business clients. 
awesome. That's so cool. And I wish we could unfold that and maybe we could on another episode when we have more time. But I want to jump into this topic. So the reason I wanted to have Tyann on the show today is getting straight to the heart of things. Yesterday was January 6th and we all kind of witnessed this horrible unfolding of what was supposed to be a beautiful, peaceful protest at the nation's capital um, with President Trump. And it broke into some rioting. Not Nobody's totally sure who started or, or drove the rioting. But regardless, all of us witnessed, you know, the sacred place for our nation really kind of desecrated, if you will. Um, and it was it, I broke I woke up really heavy hearted, honestly. And uh, and I was so grateful that Tyann called me because when she called me, I was in tears crying to myself, um, actually crying to the Lord <laughs> because my heart was so heavy for our nation. And um, Tyann, you really came alongside and encouraged me. There's been times you've called me for some encouragement, and I was so thankful to have you call me this morning. And um, so share with me a little bit of your perspective. My audience is, of course, from all ends of the spectrum. But I think what I want us to do is meet on our common ground. And so would you speak to what we all as Americans, because we're American before we're Republican or Democrat, as Americans, we witnessed was, was heartbreaking for all of us. Um, would you speak to that as a woman of faith and what you feel like God may be doing behind everything? Yeah, absolutely. I don't mind doing that at all. But I want to kind of start and put into context yesterday outside of the craziness. I think mm -hmm. there was just so much anticipation on yesterday because regardless of whether you were pulling for the dueling electors or the regular electors, or even if you didn't even know that there were multiple electors, but you just knew it was a big day. It mm -hmm. was like the first time in 150 years that our nation had actually really been in that place that the constitution calls for. So mm -hmm. there was just like already a whole lot of hyped up emotion, a lot of, you know, people who had been praying, a lot of people who had been hoping on both sides of the aisle. It was just a mm -hmm. critical day in the, in the like the fabric of our nation it was just a critical day so yesterday when everything began to unfold i kind of hit some of the that deep place of like turmoil and sadness mm -hmm. yesterday and so i kind of sometimes i feel things really early but and then like i can move through them a little faster um after i let myself feel and so i let myself feel yesterday and then i stepped back and i said okay god talk to me like, yeah. I really just want to know what you have to say. And um, so there's several things that came to my mind. And first and foremost is what we experienced, whether it was Trump supporters that started the protest, whether it was paid Antifa. I mean, speculation on all sides of the aisle is just like going everywhere. You mm -hmm. can follow one train of thought, one rabbit hole, like you can just go anywhere. Yeah. But the truth is we actually had a like an unhealthy situation happen in like a, a very significant place of property in our Capitol building. And that's a travesty. And that is sad. No matter how you slice it, no matter where you're at, it's sad. And I think yeah. the thing that really hurt my heart beyond just the sadness of the situation was what I saw spawn off of that on social media and from mainstream media and from friend to friend. The comments I was hearing were against one another instead of being for the United States. Like, how do we remedy this? 
And I had actually a mutual friend that we had was talking about where is the place where God's people can stand together in unity and say, like, okay, this is what we're going to believe for our nation. And so I kind of began to ask Jesus, okay, God, what do you have to say about that? And there's like three places he took me. Do you mind if I share? No, go for it. Okay. So the first one was that we are in a Passover year and we're in a Red Sea moment. Mm, the second yeah. one that, um, and then we'll kind of, I'll circle back and explain them. The second one that he talked about was um, that the foundation of his throne is righteousness and justice and that love and faithfulness flow from it. Mm. And then the third thing that he reminded me was that he reminded me of the Bob Jones prophecy. So those are the three things I kind of like to touch on because um, I think they're encouraging. But the first mm. one is the Passover year and the Red Sea moment. So last year at the beginning of 2020, we always kind of asked Jesus what he's going to do for the year. And my husband and I heard that it was a um, Passover year is what I heard. And he told my husband that it was, um, he, there was going to be a rest, a reset, and then a release. Well, whether or not like um, we're in 21, 2021 or not, we really haven't seen the release aspect of things. Right. But in 2020, for the first time, mandated by the government, um, and the Israelites were, Israelis were ordered to celebrate Passover in their home. And the mm -hmm. whole nation was in their home celebrating Passover. It's never really, like, it's never been done globally. That everybody right. was in their homes as a family. And actually by edict in Israel, they were told to celebrate Passover in their homes with their families because of mm -hmm. COVID. I'm by no yeah. means getting into, I think God caused it or any of that. I'm not saying that. I just think. The Lord is speaking and he uses things to, to talk yeah. to us. Yeah. And people and, started putting the red ribbons on their doorways too. I actually still have mine on. Paul's like, now that we're putting Christmas decorations up, can we take it off? And I'm like, no, because I don't believe we've finished crossing over. Which, yeah. And so that was in November. And I, so I still have mine up on my, because I like to decorate for Christmas kind of early, <laughs> but uh -huh. it's still up on my front door because I'm waiting for that Red Sea moment. Um, so what happens after Passover? So Passover happened in the Bible, and then the Israelites were led out of Egypt, and they're mm -hmm. celebrating, and they're going along, and then they're led to the Red Sea. And here they are at the Red Sea, and it looks like there's no escape. It looks like the, they're like going to be defeated. You've mm -hmm. got the Egyptian coming behind them, and then you've got a fiery tornado behind them, and mm -hmm. then you've got the Red Sea. And yeah. it looks like they're going to be defeated. But what happened? God parted the waters. And the very thing that the enemy meant for their destruction ended up being like the Israelites were going to, or the Israelites thought that the Egyptians were going to destroy them. But God parted the waters and their deliverance became the destruction of their enemy. And yeah. so that's what I've been praying for is God. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about one political candidate or another. That's not yeah. what I'm talking about. I'm talking about our nation is in a state of turmoil and yeah. God, we need you to come. There's no man that can fix this. There's no right. political leader on either side of the, on either side of the aisle that can unify this situation. Like neither one, like we're boxed into a place in our nation where we need you to move. Yeah. And that's what I'm praying for. God, we're in a Red Sea moment and we need you to come and to part the waters. 
Yes. You know, when I was, um, I had heard you mention Red Sea and I've heard some other prophetic words about that. And that came up in our conversation this morning. So it was on my heart to look up and read that story or that, that history. And, uh, and it was interesting to me that there, there's a portion of the passage that says that God could have led them through Philistine land to get them to their promised land quicker. That was the shorter route. But he, the Lord said to Moses, if we do that, or even to himself, maybe he said, if they encounter war, they may change their minds and return to Egypt. So for the sake of their true deliverance, he took them on the longer path that would lead them backed up against the river, like against the sea. And so I just think it's interesting that God backing them up against the Red Sea, where it looked like they were facing down with sure defeat, and then they turned on their leader, the prophet, um, in that place was where their deliverance came. And it was God did that so that they would not have the opportunity to turn back and return to slavery. God was like, we're going to do this and we're doing it all the way. And I, I just feel like that's such a picture of God's goodness and how big he is, because of course the Israelites didn't know what he was planning, but God knew it. So he's like, sure, I'll take you to see. I plan on parting it, but he didn't give them all that information, you know? (laughs) And so I just think it's interesting that God took them the long way and 2020 has felt like the long way. You know what I mean? It's felt like a long, tedious, pathway, especially once the election hit. These last two months have felt like forever, you know, Um, but it has been, I feel like God has done this to be the thorough way. And we have seen, you know, corruption. We've seen dark, twisted things from, from both sides coming to the surface that are shocking and things that both sides can agree on, like sex trafficking, you know, and 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 just different things. Um, I'm trying not to call out too many specifics because I don't want to divide the audience, but Um, But so many things that we can look at, say, you know what, I can see how God is sifting and purifying. And I believe it's because for years and years and years, believers have been crying out for America to be set back into righteousness. And um, anyways, tell me your thoughts. Oh, I love it. I think you're exactly right. I do think that's what God's doing. He's purifying his body first and foremost, and then he's purifying the nation. Reminds me of the scripture where God talks about how everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And he's, uh, definitely sh- theme song. he's definitely shaking our foundations. I mean, even to the point of like, I was talking to a friend of mine who works with an international missions or training organization. And he mm-hmm. was talking about the different kinds of emails he was getting from people in his, in his, like that they work with from around the world. And then just having a hard time struggling with America going through what it's going through, because it's whether they've, been here or not it's been a beacon of freedom and to see us struggle with corruption Mm -hmm. and to see us struggle um like and fight amongst ourselves has been hard for a lot of people and i don't think that's indicative of something outside of the states i think it's very true of us in the states Mm -hmm. so um i just relish the fact that lord we've been praying expose any corruption and set us back to our original destiny as a nation. Like you have a destiny for the United States of America, just like you have a destiny for every person listening. And I want to accomplish what, what you have in your heart for me to accomplish. But I equally want my nation to accomplish what you have in your heart for the United States of America to accomplish. And That means to be shaken back to our original foundations and to be shaken back to the original destiny. That's not always a pretty picture. 
And yeah. the sifting is on both sides, but we're seeing the sifting everywhere. We're seeing the sifting mm -hmm. in government. We're seeing the sifting in churches. We're seeing the sifting in families. And I'm not saying that the division and the way people play out division is healthy, but right. we can recognize that it's happening. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, everybody has an opinion about COVID, about vaccines, about the presidency, mm -hmm. about everything after the election. I mean, yeah. everybody has an opinion and you could probably line up 50 different people and they would all have a different opinion it's true. on some level of what's gone on in 2020 and not people are so bound to their opinions that they're not necessarily allowing the sifting in their own heart. And yeah. that's what God talked to me about this morning. I was having coffee with a friend and we were processing it and just that place in Isaiah where. Um, you go through the six woes, like woe to me, or like woe to us for this, and woe to us for this, and woe to us for this. But then the last one is like woe to me, for I'm a man of unclean lips. And there's just this place, it's like, you know, our nation is in a woeful place. Like yeah. we really do need God to show up, but yeah. it has to start with me. Like, Lord, there's a lot of division, there's a lot of impurity, there's a lot of corruption. Lord, start with me, purify me. And then show me how to partner with you in purifying what you need to purify in the earth. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Yesterday um, on social media, I shared something that was like, like, this can't be us versus them, Republican versus Democrat, Trump versus Biden. This can't be me versus you, because all that's doing, like if you look down the road of that path, all it does is get further and further divided. And I think that's why that's where we're where we're at, because every election in my lifetime feels like it's gotten more and more divisive. And and so I made a I made a post saying, like, let me start by repenting to the people on the other side of the aisle from me. I'm so sorry if you've been treated in this sort of a way by the people on my side of the aisle, you know, and just started owning it and repenting to um to other Americans and saying, listen, we're all American and we can agree on that. And someone, someone commented, he was very cynical and he was clearly very hurt from past whatever. Um, and he was like, yeah, that America doesn't exist and never will. And I was like, you know, we never ever see change in our nation when we never ever take personal responsibility for its condition. And I think that's exactly what you're saying. And, and it can feel so overwhelming when we see how big and vast the problem is. It can feel like, what difference can I make? But at the same time, courage and humility, they catch, they're contagious. And when people see someone having the courage to walk in humility or having the humility to walk in courage, you know, it's like it inspires you to follow in that in that pathway and i feel like that's the power that we each possess is like i can own my life what what do i have the power to change i have the power to change how i talk about the other party i have the power to change how i talk to my children i have the power to change how i communicate on facebook or how i pray for what's going on you know we all do retain some power and um and it will it will take an act of god it is going to take god getting involved but he works with people as well. And so anyways. Um, well, and that kind yeah. of leads me to the second point I was making, which was about Psalm 89. In Psalm 89, I believe it's verse 13 and 14, maybe 14 and 15, um, says that the foundations of his throne are righteousness and justice and mm -hmm. that love and faithfulness flow from it. And this is one of like the core scriptures of my family because it puts in right order what it is. 
righteousness mm -hmm. and justice are the foundations and love and faithfulness flow from those foundations. Mm -hmm. And what becomes a problem as a nation is when we forget that righteousness from Christ and justice from God, which mercy triumphs over judgment, justice, mm -hmm. right? So it's different. Yeah. Yeah. And the truth that comes from both living in righteousness and justice, that truth will set us free. That's the foundation. Yeah. But then after you have that foundation, love as a movement can flow. But where we get all messed up is when we try to make love as our foundation and justice as our movement. And yeah. when we get it out of order, we get out of order with the way God designed things. And so what he was responding to me about today and reminding me is, Tyann, I'm shaking everything that can be shaken, but I want you to stand on truth because it's the foundation. Stand in my blood, stand in my righteousness, ask for my judgments on the earth because, and cry out for mercy, mercy for the nation, mercy for the people involved, cry out for it, and then extend love. And yeah. extend your faith and live in faithfulness to the things that I've commanded you to do. And don't get it backwards. Like, yeah. I'm not asking you to compromise, like, biblical truth to stand. I'm asking you to stand and then to move. And yeah. that was just, like, a really clear picture of me and reminding me, hey, this is what I need to do right now. This is what our nation yeah. needs. It doesn't, it doesn't need the waffling because God's shaking everything that can be shaken. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And that, that Hebrews, Hebrews is where it talks about that God will shake everything that can be shaken so that we can partake in an unshakable kingdom. And that has yeah. been like my mantra through this whole process. And I felt back in March when this whole thing started, I felt like that was a passage the Lord brought to my heart. And he said, we're, we're undergoing a shaking, but it's good. And every time that I have found myself like, like this morning, really upset. And I was upset for a few reasons. I was upset because apparently I had my eyes on a certain playing out of the solution. What I thought would be the solution, I had my eyes on this um, remedy. And when that remedy did not come to pass, I'm like, well, crap, <laughs> you know? And so then I'm like, now I'm being shaken because apparently I had my hope in a man or I had my hope in a process. Um, but then I was also, you know, shaking because it was like seeing the grief and the sadness and the woundedness of my nation. This is my America. You know, this is not an America that someone a long time ago fought for. I've been fighting in prayer. I may not be in, a, in an actual war, but I'm in a war, you know, and I'm fighting for the destiny of my country. This is my America. And when I saw my America broken um, yesterday, it broke my heart, you know. And, and so I, too, went to the Lord and I was like, God, show me what you're doing. What are you saying? And of course, God's not freaking out. God's not anxious about nothing. You know, he was just, I just kept feeling like he was like, this is part of the process. This is part of the process. It's not over till it's over. It's part of the process. And, um, and then that's where the Red Sea thing came up. And I was like, okay, we're backed up against the Red Sea. There's literally nothing we can do. And I love in that passage about um, Moses and the Israelites, there's a, a specific verse in chapter 14 where it says, God says, uh, you need do nothing or the Lord has the Lord, your God will defend you. You need only to be still. Okay. And I feel like that's the position where we are is like it feels like I have fasted literally four times in the last 
three months. Like I can't fast anymore. You know, like <laughs> I have fasted. I have prayed for hours. Like I can't pray and fast anymore. There's, I feel like there's nothing else I know how to do. And it's like, now we need to only be still and watch and see the salvation of the Lord. And another thing that I noticed in that passage is that God was saying the whole reason he did that with the Israelites was so that the nations would know that he was God so that his name, so he would receive the glory. And then in the very end of the chapter, in the end of the story, it said when the Israelites saw how the Lord had responded to the evil in Egypt and held them accountable and held to, or to the Egyptians, it said they were filled with the fear of the Lord and they turned again to trust the Lord and to trust his servant Moses. And I thought it was interesting that the whole process, A, was that God would receive glory and that it was to reconnect his people with him. That's good. And, and, and so I'm like, is that? yeah, we all need that. We all need that. Like the church is a hot mess. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it does start with us. And so anyways, but, um, but yeah, that was, that was this morning. It was encouraging. I'm in agreement. Like God is going to part the waters and it may not look like we think it's going to, going to look, it really has very little to do. I mean, it has a lot to do with what happens and transpires in the natural nation, but really that's not what it's about. Like God reminded me of the prophecies. Um, do you remember the Bob Jones prophecy? I don't know if you remember this, but Bob Jones no. is a prophet and Bob Jones prophesied that when the Kansas city chiefs won the Super Bowl. That it would mm -hmm. begin their revival that would never end. Yeah. And it just so happened that the first time the Kansas City Chiefs have won the Super Bowl since that prophecy. And this prophecy was like, I mean, Years I'm, I'm stretching. 80s, I'm making this it? up. It was either late 80s or 90s. I mean, it's been a significant Decades. period of time. Yeah. And um, but the Lord reminded me of that. And he said, it, it doesn't matter who's in office. When I want to move, I'm going to move. Yeah. And that doesn't, that doesn't stop anything. And mm -hmm. I'm unveiling everything that needs to be unveiled so that yeah. when they call out to me, there's no more deceit and there's no more, there's no more, um, you know, sometimes we look through things with rose colored glasses because we just don't think it could be that way. But right. God's like, no, I'm going to show you the reality and then I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. Yeah. And that was so encouraging to me because, you know, if that's the word and then this happened and Bob Jones, you know, gave that word, he's no longer with us and the Kansas City Chiefs won. But it wasn't just that the Kansas City Chiefs won the football season last year that ended last February with the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl was the actual only sports finality that we had where they played a full season. So we ended up having like a, a truncated basketball season. We had different things with baseball, but that was the only season that fully finished in 2020. Mm. Yeah. And I just take note of that. Like that happens. Then we go into this Passover year and God's saying, Hey, I'm going to deliver you from the Red Sea. Like I'm going to deliver you from your enemies. I'm going to part the waters. I'm going to make a way, but what's yeah. he making a way for? It's yeah. not just about the United States. It's, like literally in the nations right now, he's starting a move of his spirit and it's not going to stop. And yeah. for that, I can partner with when I don't know yeah. where to partner, I can partner with the promise of the move of God. And yeah. that's hope, you know, Lord, there's hope yeah. in you saying that you're going to move and you're going to move on our behalf. 
And I love the passage out of Isaiah 9. We talk about it a lot at Christmas, but it says, you know, there is no end to his government and his peace. Mm -hmm. And we live in a kingdom that, like you said, generally is unshakable. And the government of our God is never ending. And there's peace in it and there is hope in it and there is love in it. There's joy in it. All the fruits of the spirit exist there. Because we know righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Like that is what the kingdom of God is. It's not meat nor drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And and that's where I'm asking, okay, God, like your kingdom right now has joy for me. Your kingdom right now has peace for me. Am I going to wrestle with what you want me to do and how you want me to stand? Absolutely. Am I going to make sure that I'm in alignment and that, like like you said, take ownership for where our nation is. This is our America, regardless of what I believe in my belief system. Am I going to stand for her and her destiny? Absolutely. But aside from that, we still live in a greater kingdom. And in that greater kingdom is promise that God's coming for his people. And he's going to do things we've only dreamed about and heard about. We're also having peace that has no end. We also have joy. And so in the midst of all this, that brought me hope that this world may be crazy, but I live in a kingdom. I am, I am a citizen of a kingdom that has a different story. Mm -hmm. It's so true. And one thing I want to, I want to speak to also is I feel like I've had a number of people reach out to me on Facebook commenting about, um, that their faith is struggling. They're not, not their faith in God in general, just their faith in what God is doing right now or that he's doing anything. And, and I feel like it's very, very important to believers. And this has been important for me that when it's all said and done, I want to stand before the Lord. I don't want to say that I became those Israelites who turned and condemned Moses accusing him of leading them into nothing, that they they didn't have the faith. I want to be the, the Joshua and Caleb that sees the promised land and sees the potential of what God is doing. And so I am always in every time I get have gotten discouraged in this process or I don't understand what's happening as believers, we have a responsibility before the Lord to get quiet and get his heart on the process and say, God, what are you saying and what are you doing? And I've had to turn off the news. I've had to literally during the election, I did not watch the news cycles for probably three weeks because I was like, I just can't hear what the world is saying right now because I want to only hear what God is saying um, because it definitely was not the same thing. <laughs> and and I feel like for us as believers, like it's important that we're taking the time to hear God's heart and God has not told me who's going to win the election. He's not told me the play-by-play. He's not told me a lot of specifics. But what he does tell me is what I need to hear for my faith to continue to believe that what, like in Hebrews, that God is able to do that which he's promised. And that's what faith is. It's not, I believe that you're going to do A, B, and C to fulfill this promise. It's just, I know you're able. And so even like last night, I just kept saying that to the Lord. I was like, God, I don't know exactly what you're doing, and I don't know how this is going to play out, but it's not my responsibility to know the how. I know you're able, and I will not stop believing that you are going to do the work that you have promised us. I know you're able. And so I just kept saying that to the Father, just even to love on him, because I'm sure 
it hurts his heart when his when his children start to feel disillusioned and and their faith discouraged. And um, so I would just encourage, you know, even my listeners that if you find your heart or your faith struggling, if you've been believing the Lord for this great move and for this great um, reset, if you will, godly reset in America, it's not our job to know how. We just need to believe and continue to believe that God is able to do that which he's promised. And that is faith. And so, yeah. So, well, thank you, Tyann, for coming on. Did you have any any last thoughts before I wrap this up? Um, Sometimes hope is something that can be painful if Mm. you don't keep your eyes on the author of our hope and faith. It's good. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, like, well, there goes hoping, you know, what was that for nothing? You know, hope's the thing that'll kill you. No, that's not true. Like, God has hope in this situation, but what are we hoping in? My hope is in the Lord. My hope is in that he'll do what he says he's going to do, that he's going to bring a revival and a reformation and a renaissance to our nation that touches even my children's children. Yeah. That once again, we'll see a mighty move of heaven in the earth. So good. That's so good. I'm with you. Well, I so much appreciate Tyann just, Knowing you and being a friend with you during this year and during this time and this journey, you have been such an encouragement to me in the process. And yeah, and thank you for spontaneously coming on my show today. (laughs) Absolutely. It's an honor. I just, um, I love you, Jenny. It's been great. It's been great. It has been. Well, thanks so much. And listeners, son, actually, can they, can, do you have anywhere on social media or anywhere that you want to direct my listeners to connect with you? Well, I'm just going to be truthful. I am not a good poster on social media. So you can find me on social media. But if you really do want to just connect, um, my name is spelled T-A-I. My middle name is Ann, A-N-N. Last name McClendon, M-C-C-L-E-N-D-O-N. It's pretty unusual. You can find me on um, Instagram. It's probably where I'm going to post the most, but it's really pretty rare. Um, but if you really want to get in touch with me, the best thing to do would be to just email me. And my um, my email is info at tian.tv, T-A-I-A-N-N.tv. So I'll, I will respond there, whereas I'm not great on social media. So if you have any comments or want to connect, <laughs> just email me. That's the best way to get a hold of me. That's perfect. I love it. And... The life hack for today is if you're looking for a parenting book, apparently Tyann has written a parenting book, which I didn't know until our recent conversation. What's your parenting book called? Yeah, it's called Imprinted, Discovering and Partnering with Your Child's Identity. I love it. I love it. We're going to have you come talk about your book on another show. Absolutely. We'll do it sometime soon. Thanks. Okay, good deal. I love you. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. For those of you who've rated or shared this podcast on social media, thank you. Reading your comments and reviews always means so much to me. Listen, let's stay connected. Come follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen, where you can follow the latest and say, hey, it's a really great way to stay in touch. Many of you have also asked how you can support the show. You can make donations through the Anchor app or on Patreon, or of course, by sharing, rating, and reviewing on social media and iTunes as well. 
Thank you to each of you for your ongoing support. Your heartfelt feedback always reminds me why I do this. Until next time, remember, you've got this and God's got you.